Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome in to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. I'm National Recruiting Analyst Cooper Patek alongside 24-7 Sports Director of Scouting, Andrew Ivins. And uh, Drew, we're both mobile this week. I'm in Rosemary Beach with the fam for Thanksgiving. You're up there in Fort Lauderdale still doing your thing. But we got a great show set for today. 2025 Top 247 Update. Will there be a change at number one? We'll talk a little bit about that. We'll get into the transaction wire as well commitments decommitments that time of year december 20th less than a month until early national signing day but first drew i think you got one little thing yeah coop i mean me and you've been texting about this you've seen it i think you've heard it as well uh jeff trailer getting linked to texas a&m and when we talked about that texas a&m opening last week i don't think we really brought up trailer all that much and i know mike roach jumped on the show uh, and gave us some back story on Jeff Trailer and his rise through the high school ranks there in the Lone Star State, what he has done at UTSA. Coop, I'm going to be honest. I kind of love this potential fit. The more I've marinated on it, the more I've thought about it. He's a program builder. Look what he's done at UTSA. He's 28-3 and three in conference play over the past four years. And I think what stands out even more Seven and zero in the American Conference this season. You got five other teams that have entered the American with UTSA this fall, right? Those guys are a combined eleven and twenty-two. So Jeff Trailer, I'm liking it. I'm I'm kind of I'm warming up to the idea, and I'm interested to see where that search goes. It's a pretty interesting fit, Jeff Trailer, thirty-seven and thirteen at Texas San Antonio, and drew a couple of the other names that are kind of starting to come into the picture. How about this, Jed Fish? Having a great year. Arizona right now, eight and three, one of the best three loss teams in the country. You got guys like Jonathan Smith out at Oregon State, Mike Elko, who we've talked about on the show. Be sure to follow Matt Zinn. It's our new college football reporter. We get you up to speed on everything in the coaching carousel, especially the transfer portal right around the corner, December 4th as well. And uh, just a reminder, you are locked in to the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel, and you're watching the College Football Recruiting Podcast with Andrew Ivins. Cooper Patagna, you can catch us every Tuesday and Wednesday at 5 o'clock Eastern Time. Busy month ahead for the Oyster Boys. All right, Drew, let's get into it. 2025 top 247 rankings and where to start let's start at the top there is a change new number one player in the country that is Bryce Underwood out of Belleville High School in Michigan overtaking David Sanders out of North Carolina the former number one he drops back to number two we'll talk about him in a second but Drew this was long debated I think there was a little bit of a split in the clubhouse which way we would go here but too much to pass up with the quarterback and the guy of Bryce Underwood with the resume that he has, I believe 30-1 at Belleville. 
You take into consideration the fact that he should be a 2026, doesn't turn 17 until next August. Just too much to like there, Drew. He is, Cooper. And, you know, I went back and you start going through his games, what he has done as a junior. He's been near perfect. And he's not 30-1 and one as a starter. He's 40-1 and one as a starter. Bellevue has won 38 straight games with Underwood at quarterback. Last year, it was their first undefeated regular season ever. They won a Michigan Division I state title. They'll play for another state title this weekend at Ford Field on Sunday. Uh, Underwood, I mean, his team's got a good running game. Uh, but when he needs to air it out, he can. He can make every throw on the field. And I think Coop, what really kind of pushed him over the edge is obviously positional value. But it's just his dynamic pocket movements. He has improved so much in that area, the internal clock, uh, the ability to escape, but not only look to move the chains with his legs, uh, keeping his eyes downfield and finding his wide receivers. And Coop, he's now got a grade of a 99, right, for us at 24-7 Sports. I noted this in the story I put out. That's kind of a rare fraternity for him. Usually, we're way more reserved when it comes to moving a guy up. I mean, take a look at Dante Moore, who was also from the Detroit area. Had a very similar resume to Bryce Underwood. When he left his junior season, he was just a 95 for us. So he's all the way up to a 99 overall. Um, this guy is clean. You know, he is clean as a quarterback prospect. Average, I mean, the offense is averaging 49.5 points per game. He's only thrown two interceptions to 40 touchdowns. So it's just really the total package. And you mentioned it. He's on the younger side. He's not going to turn 17 until this summer. He's only 16 years old. It's kind of crazy when you take a step back and look at everything. He's just a puppy. He's got a decision coming down the pipeline as well. He'll make a decision. He'll come off the board in January. LSU, Penn State, Michigan, the hometown team, all involved there. But, Drew, as we alluded to last week, Penn State's taking a quarterback in Beckham Kritza in 2025. Same with Michigan with Carter Smith. So we'll see what happens. It looks like LSU right now the leader in the clubhouse for the new number one player in the country. Yeah, I believe it was reported this morning that he's going to be in Baton Rouge this upcoming weekend. And 24-7 Sports Director of Recruiting Steve Wiltfong has fired in a crystal ball pick for the Tigers. Uh, we mentioned, hey, what's next post Jaden Daniels there in Baton Rouge? And, you know, he's kind of got that X factor with his legs. Now, I'm not saying Bryce Underwood is the same type of runner. I went back and looked at Jaden Daniels senior stuff when he was coming out of high school. I mean, he ran for 1,800 yards as a senior there. Uh, Bryce Underwood, you know, I think he's only up to 180 on the season, ran for 600 uh, as a sophomore at Bellevue. But I do think he has that element in terms of the ability to extend plays uh, and kind of create at the second level as a runner. Drew, I want to go off-roading here a little bit. Underwood, a 2025, should be a 2026. We talked about his age earlier. You think about the reclass, not a lot of time to do it potentially, but you think about a guy in Underwood, right? We've seen this trend at the quarterback position. It would happen. It would have to happen quick. I mean, what do you think about that guy? 42 games started. He's been uh, starting for three years. The resume is super clean. If there was a guy to kind of get into that conversation a little bit, and I guess the way that I'm I'm phrasing this is, if he doesn't reclass, I also think this is, is a guy that can get on the field early at the next level, whether it's in Baton Rouge or somewhere else. Well, I think if you try to pick apart Bryce Underwood's game, I mean, where where are the deficiencies? I think for me, uh, going to what he did has done in the playoffs right here, I think he needs to improve you know, maybe the short to intermediate parts, but I was blown away by his ability to just drive the football down the field. I didn't realize he had that type of arm strength. And I've 
been around Bryce. I've seen him play the past two years, seven on seven at the Battle Miami tournament. Uh, he has progressed. So, you know, it would be interesting, right? Because we did the study on all the guys that have reclassified and it really hasn't worked out. And, you know, we've we, Colin Hurley in, in the in the LSU's 2024 class. You know, he was a guy that moved from 2025. I think initially for us, it was like, hey, he hasn't played as many games. I mean, now you look at Bryce Underwood. He's seen the live bullets, right? He is. He's about as battle tested as they can get. So it would certainly be interesting. I think you are right. Uh, the age and the maturity, a, a bit of a question mark. But you talk to anyone that's familiar with Bryce Underwood, you spend some time with him. I mean, he has it kind of wired uh, in between the ears. So that would be certainly, you know, add a little bit of a twisted element to his recruitment. So there you have it, Bryce Underwood, your new number one in the class of 2025. That means David Sanders, the former number one, he goes to number two. And Drew, I kind of look at this in a situation, not number one, not number two, but a little bit of 1A, 1B. We love David Sanders. Like I said, there are a lot of people banging the table for David Sanders. You turn on the tape this year, the prototypical left tackle, exactly what you want, Drew. I don't know about you. The thing that blew me away, the defensive snaps. And I'm not saying that he's going to play on the defensive side of the ball at the next level. But it says a lot of a player of his stature ranked where he is to play on the defensive side of the ball and have the type of production that he's had. He's everything you want in that cornerstone left tackle position. What do you like about David Sanders here? He's been our guy from the jump, Coop. Uh, you know, I was kind of the one of the ones leading the charge to keep him number one and let it play out here over the next 18 months. I mean, go back to August of 2022 when we came out with our initial 100 um, he was at the top. David Sanders was number one. I saw him at the FBU freshman All-American game, and then we saw him at the Under Armour camp there in Atlanta, gave him a, a battlefield promotion. He was our first five-star prospect in the class. I mean, this is our guy. He checks off box after box. Yes, he's on the leaner side, but the athletic markers, I mean, you're talking 112-inch broad jump, 7.75 in the three-cone drill. He's also got a 53.35 shot put. And then those defensive snaps, right? You know, we know this guy needs to put on some weight, but I think how he moves people out of the way at the point of attack on both sides of the ball is certainly notable. Providence Day School, uh, they're looking for their third straight title, uh, state title uh, uh, in the state playoffs there. And he's a guy on, on defense, 32 quarterback hurries, seven sacks in 13 games. So he has progressed. I think he is on schedule for us. I've compared him in the past to Charles Cross, the former Mississippi State offensive lineman who went in the top 10 uh, to the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, this is, you said the word prototypical um, this, these are the guys you try to find and, and you know, not to off road here, but I do think it's a strong year when it comes to corner protectors because we found some other offensive tackles we like in 2025. Tennessee, North Carolina, Georgia, Alabama, all involved with David Sanders. No shortage of suitors. It seems like his recruitment is really just starting to pick up as crazy as that sounds. So David Sanders, still one of the most highly regarded players in the class of 2025. Somebody going to be really lucky with him. All right, Drew, now moving on in the top 247-2025 update. A couple of uh, cornerbacks getting their fifth star, and this is a big deal, but let's talk about both of them. How about cornerback Devin Sanchez from North Shore High School in Texas? This is a guy with a lot of love behind the scenes. Both his parents, athletes at UTEP, mom ran track and field, dad was a football player as well. We love the genetics, we love the track and field profile. But Drew, hard to find that combination of size, athleticism, speed as well, 6'2", 170 pounds. His best football is ahead of him. He moves up from number seven to number five 
in the 24-7 top 247 update. A lot to like here, Drew. Yeah, you mentioned that combination of size and speed. I also think he's pretty technically buttoned it up, and I was assigned to watch all the defensive backs, so I poured through all the tape, and Devin Sanchez, the, the first word I wrote down in my write-up, clean, and then I wrote it again, clean, and then I wrote it again, clean. I mean, this guy knows what he's doing on the back end. Played on varsity as a freshman at North Shore, secured a starting role as a sophomore, and he hasn't relinquished it as he has essentially shut down one side of the field there in the Lone Star State. Uh, he's going to make a decision in uh, January 6th at the All-American Bowl. I believe Ohio State is trending on the crystal ball. I mean, man, they I already like what they have committed uh, in the 2025 cycle with Blake Woodby, uh, another cornerback there, more of a, a, an interior inside guy. But Devin Sanchez, he has it all, right? And um, a guy that is over six foot one, some places got him at six foot two, but his ability to run uh, 10-8 in the 100-meter dash, you mentioned it, also anchored a few relay, t- relay teams that made it to regionals. So, uh, And then the ball production as well. I mean, he can go find the football. I just think he is what you're looking for in these new-age cornerbacks uh, that are used to combat all these modern spread passing attacks. A lot of high praise for Devin Sanchez. Mike Roach, who covers the state of Texas, came on the show last week. He said that is the best corner he has ever seen. So a lot to live up to for Devin Sanchez. Another guy getting his fifth star. How about Naeem Alford out of the state of Alabama? He actually moves back in the rankings, Drew, from number six to number seven, but gets his fifth star. We still love this guy. Six foot, three quarters, 175 pounds, an explosive dude. 11-1 in the broad jump. Recorded a 4.59 in the 40-yard dash. Drew, you and I have are at different ends of the conversation. I think somewhere down the line, he potentially ends up moving to a safety. You like those big physical corners. So do I. I think they're hard to find. In the meantime, this guy has everything you want. Three-phase player. He's already got four interceptions as a junior. Tell us a little bit about what you like about Naeem Offord. Well, Cooper, we we ranked him super high, kind of just based off the data and what he was able to do this past spring. You mentioned that 11-1 in the broad jump, also 4-5. I mean, he is in the upper percentile. I don't think that we've come across another guy with his numbers. Tape really wasn't there as a sophomore. I think it is here as a junior. He's got four interceptions during the regular season there in the state of Alabama. He's also utilized on offense as a wide receiver, wildcat quarterback, uh, you mentioned the size, right? And he's a physical cat. I would play him, you know, maybe in the boundary, potentially a field role. I get it. You want to put him over the top uh, and kind of let him roam back there. But there's a clip from his junior season where he is at the line of scrimmage. Teammate lets a running back go right by him, and he chalks him down from about 40 yards. It's one of the most impressive plays I saw when I went through all those 2025 defensive backs. So Naeem offered, I think he's starting to play his best football. And I think he has what it takes to be a cornerback one on Saturdays, whether that be in the SEC, uh, the Big Ten, you know, you name it. I think he can get the job done because he has the tools. The usual suspects in for Naeem Offord, Auburn, Alabama, Georgia, and everybody else will soon follow. So there you have it, a little update on the top 247 and the top of the board. But Drew, probably my favorite segment, we get to talk about some biggest risers. And at this point, when you're reviewing the junior tape and a lot of it's still pouring in, a lot of new names in the top 247, a lot of these guys moving up the board as well. You mentioned it with Naeem Offord. 
a lot of data to like there. We wanted to see him play his way into that ranking. He has done that as a junior, but some other guys as well. Drew, let's start with you. How about Kalik Lockett jumping up from number 137 to number 12 in the country? A lot to love about this dude. Oh, man, I'm a big fan. And credit to Gabe Brooks on our scouting team for putting Kalik Lockett on our radar. He said, hey, you got to watch him. Threw on the tape, and I said, yep, absolutely, shoot him up the board. He's all the way up to number 12. He was at 137, 6'2". He's got big paws, 10-inch hands, a 6'7 wingspan. Uh, I think the the words to describe Khalil Lockett here, body control, bounce, and then timing at the catch point. I think when we evaluate wide receivers, sometimes we overlook that. Yeah, these guys are athletic freaks, but can they go get the football? And Khalil Lockett can do that. He can also get in the end zone this season, 59 catches, just under 1,300 yards, 13 touchdowns, averaging 22 yards per catch. I think this guy is a playmaker. He can win on the outside, dynamic route runner. I'm a huge fan. Uh, I don't even know who's involved in the recruitment. I know in his 24-7 sports profile picture, he's got that LSU jacket on, and he looks like an LSU wide receiver back from when Joe Burrow was throwing the football around. So I'm a big fan of Kalik Lockett. Uh, and I think a lot of people are going to buy a stock in Kalik once they get a chance to check out those junior highlights. LSU going hard in 2025. You think about it, Bryce Underwood potentially coming off the board in January. We'll see what happens there. DeCorian Moore, another guy that we love inside the top 10 in 2025. Harlem Berry, they're trending forward. Number two running back in the country. You throw in Kalik Lockett. My goodness, that would be a huge start for Brian Kelly in 2025. All right, Drew, you ready to introduce our favorite guy, I think, in the, on the scouting community here at 24-7 Sports, Andrew Babaloa out of Kansas. I call him Babs. How about this dude? 6'5", 3 quarters, 275 pounds, 6'11", wingspan. He's only been playing football for two years. Basketball background, and Drew, he's everything we want. Develop, developmental upside, has all the physical clay, everything you're looking for at the position. And the good thing about this guy, he's just starting to figure it out as well. So he is a box checker, but the tape is a lot better than I thought it would be at this point in his career. Yeah, I agree. I mean, just how he finishes and his ability to climb to the second level there for Andrew Babalo. I, I, you had not ever mentioned that you called him Babs until right now. Had me, had me <laughs> chuckling a little bit. And then, Cooper, the college feedback, right? You ask around about this kid and in, in, in places that have gotten him on campus, and it seems like everyone is all in on Andrew Babaloa. Look, I mentioned it, you know, the class of 2024, I think what it lacks is, is premium pass protectors here in 2025. I mean, you got David Sanders, he's the cream of the crop, Andrew Babs behind him, and then I think we got six, seven, eight more guys inside the top 100 that we kind of love. And it's all the same thing. Projectable traits, uh, uh, upside guys with multi-sport backgrounds that are really just now starting to play offensive tackles. So I'm a big fan of him as well, Coop. And it's a loaded year in the state of Kansas when it comes to recruits. We got five guys in the top 247 from the Sunflower State. All right, what a great segue. We talked about Babs. He's from Kansas. What about this other guy, Lincoln Cure, that you're getting ready to tell us about? I oh, man, this is the Carter Nelson of the 2025 cycle. And for those not familiar, Carter Nelson, uh, Nebraska tight end commit with the crazy track and field profile, playing eight-man football. Lincoln Cure doesn't play eight-man football. He plays 11-man football. Uh, and he's also a freak track athlete. Uh, state champion in the 300-meter hurdles there uh, in Kansas as a sophomore. He's gone six foot in the high jump. Um, and this guy can 
just find the end zone, right? Uh, credit Alan True for putting him on our radar. Uh, you know, when Armando Blunt, the, the Florida State defensive lineman commit, slid out of the top 247 with his reclassification, we tucked Lincoln Cure in at the back end at 247, and we knew we were going to move him up, and he's had a monster uh, or junior season, excuse me. Cooper, he was actually on ESPN on a, one of those You Got Moss segments, I think, before Monday Night Football. Not a ton of inline work to date, but he also rushes the passer on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, this is what we're looking for in a tight end prospect. Does a variety of different he, things. Go ahead. I was about to say, is he a shoe in for the Andrew Ivins 2025 freaks list? It, it seems like it, right? Yeah, he, he's on the watch list, right? The watch list got a nice, uh, nice overhaul over the weekend, or really the past few Here weeks. We All right, so Lincoln Cure, mystery relevant, right? This is how quickly things change. Goes from number 247 to number 38, knocking on the door of five-star status. Certainly a name that you need to know, and another name that we need to know. How about Tavian St. Clair? You might already have known his name. He goes from 34 to 13, That now the number three-ranked quarterback in the class of 2025, and drew a lot to like about this one. He is committed to Ohio State. It's had a heck of a year, 11-3 and three, uh, this season as well. Kind of reminds me a little bit of Desmond Ritter, who was out of that northern Kentucky area that we took at Cincinnati uh, when I was there. Same build, uh, Ty Thompson, another name that kind of comes to mind who's at Oregon. We'll get to see a little bit of him after Bo Nix, but Drew, athletic, three-sport athlete, a guy who plays basketball, baseball, legit baseball prospect. I think when you get around him, you see the physique. I mean, he is built. He's exactly what you want. He's the type of guy you put in a combine setting. He's going to have all those evaluators kind of foaming at the mouth a little bit. So he can do a lot of different things. Super clean passer as well. Been really efficient. I think he's 68% north of that, maybe in the uh, low 70s in terms of completion percentage. He's one of those dudes, a box checker. I think we had him floating around kind of mid-30s, and then all of a sudden you're going reevaluating that top 32, and you're like, hey, this guy can go a lot higher. But one of those names right now, Drew, we have him at four, 13, excuse me. I wouldn't be surprised if he just kind of keeps chipping his way up the board. Yeah, and I think there's a chance he could be quarterback two in this class, right? You know, that right now is to George McIntyre, the big six foot five arm out of, of Tennessee. But uh, I've always been in Ontavian St. Clair. It's funny you mentioned uh, talent evaluators foaming at the mouth. I ran into some of the Elite 11 guys uh, when I was in Germany because they were out there doing a camp, a, a youth camp. Um, and they, we just I started asking, hey, who's going to be at the Elite 11 finals, right, uh, next summer? What, what quarterbacks are on your radar? And they raved about Tavian St. Clair Cooper. I know you've seen the footage from that Elite 11 workout. I love his ability to really attack all three levels. You see the touch. Um, and he can operate on the move as well. And he was a baseball kid, like you mentioned. From my understanding, he is focused solely on football now. He's not going to mess around with baseball. And I wouldn't be surprised if we saw even more of a developmental jump here this offseason before he gears up for his senior season. Kyle McCord, Devin Brown. Lincoln Kineholz, Air Nolan, and then you got this kid, Tavian Sinclair in 2025. Uh, good time to be a quarterback in Columbus, sitting there in the state of Ohio. When it is good, it is good. All right, Drew, a couple names to know. We'll fly through this segment, but how about uh, safety? Amari Wallace down there in the Sunshine State. What do you like about him? Yeah, Amari Wallace, man. So I've, I've been to a bunch of Miami Central games as of late this season. I mean, it's not... It, Technically, Cooper, this is in my backyard. I know you always liked like that. And Amari Wallace, he's a guy when you're on the sidelines, you know, you notice him, but he doesn't really jump out. 
he's someone you need to study, right? Put on the all 22, watch him move around. I love this kid. I think he is a faster version of current Miami safety Cam Kitchens, who was also from that Miami-Dade area. He's a playmaker. Uh, you saw that interception right there on the screen. That came in that ESPN2 game against Shamanan Madonna Prep. I think he has a ton of range, uh, a little bit on the smaller side, but he is not afraid to hit people in the flats. I think he could be a half-field safety. I think if you need to roll him up and, and put him in some one-on-one -on -one situations, he's quick enough, he's athletic enough to do that. So, Miami, Miami-Dade County, Miami Central, they're known for their defensive backs, and I'm stamping it right here. I think Amari Wallace is next up because of that instincts, the awareness, just how he jumps routes. Three-year starter at Miami Central, couldn't leave high school with four state title rings, and you know, it kind of sounds a little bit like Reuben Bain, right? Remember, he had a monster year, and look at him having success early on at the next level. They probably moved that board tag uh, maybe a couple spots in the Miami War Room after they heard the Camp Kitchens uh, comparison there. So Amari Wallace, name to know, early stamps. That's why we like this segment. Drew, I'm going to go with a guy by the name of Duke Johnson, also goes by Darrell Johnson. Three-phase guy. He goes from number 49 to number 34 out of Dodge County in Georgia. Drew, I love this dude. Uh, he, he plays all over the place. I think he is going to be one of the best second-level defenders in the country. You see him playing off the edge here, has a knack to getting to the football, can also play over the slot as well. Six foot, three quarters, 200 pounds, floating around there, ran low four sixes, super position versatile, heady defender, strong at the point of attack, has a lot of knockback in terms of his ability as a tackler. You see him there on the offensive end as well. Six foot seven wingspan. So he's going to be around 220 pounds at the next level. This just kind of smells like Kirby Smart and Glenn Schumann. I don't even know where his recruitment is, but he kind of fits that profile. Yeah, you just need to look at the numbers, watch the tape, and you're like, yeah, Georgia's in on this guy, correct? Coop, I always say I, I love – I want hoopers, right? And Daryl Johnson, he's also a multi-sport guy, region player of the year, I believe, as a 10th grader. No, I agree with you. Maybe an overhang backer. I don't think we know what he's going to be yet, but go ahead, stamp it, because we know he's going to be something. All right, from unranked, now in the top 247, a newcomer, number 161, out of the great state of New Mexico – Mason Posa Drew, tell it to me. I love this kid. Can't wait to hear it. <laughs> well, Hudson Standish, uh, we need to give him some credit because he stood on the table for Mason Posa uh, when we were in our rankings meetings. And he's up in, what, the 150? I think he's at 161, somewhere in that range. New Mexico doesn't have a ton of guys that come out of the state. Um, but there's going to be a reason why college recruiters flock there during the winter months and during that spring evaluation period. This kid is a decorated wrestler, two-time state champ on the mat. He's got a wrestling offer from Arizona State. I believe that is one of the top wrestling programs in the country. Not all that familiar. Coop, Lincoln Cures on the Freaks List watch list. We can put Mason Posa as, as well on there. Kind of like with Daryl Johnson, I don't really know what he's going to be. Uh, I just know he's a front seven defender, what we like. I think he could fit in a variety of different schemes and roles. He can get after the quarterback. He can drop back into coverage. And, you know, there's probably some people wondering, all right, this kid's in New Mexico. Does he have the offers? Yes, he does. He's got Utah, USC, uh, Duke offered, Washington. I mean, there's a reason why these guys are getting involved, and that's because Mason Posa can play. 
You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. You can learn a lot about a player's personality when you turn on the tape. You add that with the wrestling background. I think you get a pretty good idea what type of person Mason Posa is. All right, Drew, last one for me. Bo Jackson, no, not that Bo Jackson, the other Bo Jackson from Ohio. He goes from number 209 to number 103. Drew, I love this kid. He reminds me of Steel Chambers, and sometimes we do these player comps, and they're not a great fit. I, The first name that uh, kind of popped into my head was Steel Chambers at Ohio State, the grad student there, and a guy that was a two-way player out of Georgia at Blessed uh, Trinity Bo Jackson drew so much to like about him. We have him listed as a running back. I think you could put him uh, under that athlete category. 5'11", 3 quarters, 206, 65 plus wingspan. He ran 4'8", 9, which might not blow you away, but he also has an 11-1 uh, sub in the 100 meter as well. Super instinctive guy, can play both sides of the ball. I actually, in, I actually think he ends up playing defense, but right now, here more running back. I love this dude. Wrote about him. You can find that article on 24-7 Sports. The boys did a roundtable. Great scouting takes there, but Bo Jackson, Drew, I kind of have him asterisk right now. He's one of my favorites. You know what's great, Cooper, is I was talking with another evaluator this morning, and Bo Jackson came up, and he's like, oh, it kind of reminds me of Steel Chambers. I said, hold on. I went into the went into the, the uh, next-gen database, and I pulled up your notes, and it says, yeah, it reminds me of Steel Chambers, and I sent that over, and the guy thought it was so funny. So, yeah, you're right. Sometimes we have these player comps, right? We're forced to do them, and I'm like, I don't like this, but – Man, if they fit, right? If you're like this comp, I love, you got to stand by it, right? You got to stamp that and, and you got to ride with it all the way till signing day 25. So keep that in your uh, back pocket. That fires me up, man. Great minds think alike. Hey, just a reminder about great minds. You are watching the 24 7 sports football recruiting podcast. But when you're not doing that on Tuesday and Wednesday, Monday and Thursday, the college football recruiting show. On 24-7 Sports, you can find that 5 o'clock Eastern Time. Emily Proud, Blair Angulo breaking it all down, everything you need to know. And it's that time of year, December 4th, the transfer portal. December 20th, National Signing Day. Not even early National Signing Day anymore, just National Signing Day. So, Drew, that brings us to our next segment, the Transaction Wire. What is happening in the world of college football recruiting, who's committing, who's decommitting? Well, let's start at the top. How about five-star receiver Cam Coleman? He visits Auburn this past weekend, and wow, how about that one? New Mexico State getting it done 31-10 to 10 on the Plains. Not a great game to go visit, but Auburn's done some good things this year. War Eagle, though, Drew, the thing to take away from this in the grand scheme of things, Auburn 
now holds 100% of the crystal ball for the Texas A&M commit and the number three receiver in the country. And if you're the number three receiver in the country right now, this is one of the most loaded receiver cycles I think we've ever had at 24-7 sports. That's saying a lot. So, Drew, your takeaways from Auburn now looking like the team to beat, even though Cam Coleman's committed to A&M. Do you remember back in, what was it, late January, we were around Cam Coleman and he mentioned how Hugh Freeze was just in his ear? That has always stuck with me. I think this is a guy that Hugh Freeze has circled. And Coop, Auburn needs help at wide receiver. Their receivers this season have combined to catch six touchdowns heading into the Iron Bowl. That The production is not there. Auburn hasn't had a 1,000-yard receiver since, what, 19 19- 99. I think if Auburn can pull this off, this offense has a chance to look like, and I went back and I went back in the notes, man, what Hugh Freeze had at Ole Miss back in 2015, 2016, you had Chad Kelly at quarterback, right? You had AJ Brown, Laquan Treadwell, Van Jefferson, DK Metcalf was on the scout team at the time. I'm I'm not saying Walker White, Auburn's quarterback commit is, is Chad Kelly, but there's there's some similarities there. And then you're pairing Cam Coleman with Perry Thompson. I I don't know. I would I'd be buying stock in that Auburn offense if they can pull this off. I think this has been the the fit positionally the entire way. I thought it was, I don't want to say odd. It was a little bit of a surprise when he popped to AM. You dig under the hood a little bit, had some connections there in College Station and in Texas. Obviously, we'll see what happens with AM, but if Auburn can get this one done, Drew, you mentioned it, right? DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, those are the two names that kind of come up when you mentioned Hugh Freeze and Ole Miss. How about this? Perry Thompson, Cam Coleman, you get those guys in the boat. Another complimentary piece like Bryce Kane, a little bit different than those guys, but can play him out of the slot. Auburn, one of those teams right now, I, I think not only on the field, hard to say that after they lost to New Mexico State, but on the recruiting trail, a little bit of a thorn in the side as well, getting some things done. Looks like they're feeling hashtag aligned. A team to watch, we talked about them last week, December, that's kind of when they start to get going. So Auburn right now, the number 17, I think kind of knocking on the door, number 17 ranked team in the 24-7 sports composite team rankings. Drew, sticking in the SEC, how about four-star athlete Cam Michael? This one's been pretty interesting. We didn't know what side of the ball he's going to play on. Is it going to be receiver at Colorado? Is it going to be safety or corner at Georgia? He's set to announce on Thanksgiving Day. Thanks for that, Cam Michael. Georgia, right now, 100% of the crystal ball. They lead is what it seems. He's taking OVs to Colorado, Tennessee, Kentucky, South Carolina, Texas A&M, taking advantage of that new OV rule that says five. Yeah, right. I'll go all the way around the country. Drew, we'll see where the recruitment ends up. I talked a little bit about Georgia, but if it is Georgia, what do you think about that fit for Cam Michael? Well, I'm going to be smoking a brisket Thanksgiving morning, and I'm going to be all eyes on what Cam Michael does because I think this is kind of fascinating. Uh, I think he, from what I've gathered, just you know, talking with different people in the 24-7 Sports Network and then also talking with college coaches, I, I think he wants to play wide receiver. Um, and I we know Georgia likes him on the defensive side of the ball. So I think this is a case where it's, you know, do you want to go to Georgia and do you want to compete there in Athens uh, with the best of the best, or do you want to go catch passes somewhere else? Uh, I don't know if Georgia gets it done, but uh, Cam Michael, you're seeing the clips here of him playing quarterback. He's played some wide receiver. He was the fastest or maybe the second fastest guy at the national combine back uh, last January. That's traditionally a slower track. And I think he was like a four or five guy in the lasers 
has also podiumed a bunch at the Georgia state track meets. So, you know, he can move. He's got some length. I prefer him on defense. Cooper, I'm going to have a hunch that you probably like him on offense. This is kind of like the Terry Bussey conversation. I see it defensively as well. If you're <laughs> Georgia, I understand it, right? I mean, I mean, it makes sense. This is a guy with the ball in his hands. I think he's very dynamic. I don't think you can go wrong, right? We talked about Bo Jackson. End of the day, just get him on your team and you figure it out later, whether it's Fran Brown, Will Muschamp, any of those guys, Kirby Smart, that get their hands on him, or whether it's Brian McClendon. It really doesn't matter to me. I think Georgia's got an embarrassment of riches. We'll see what happens with him. He's a dynamic player. A guy that could play both, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, Drew, we mentioned Colorado a little bit with Cam Michael. We're going to talk about him now because it is decommitment season. It seems right now Coach Sanders on the wrong side of this. Talon Chandler, I'm jumping around here, three-star interior offensive lineman from the state of Missouri. He flips his commitment from Colorado to Missouri, number 64 interior offensive lineman in the country. One, Drew, I like this kid a lot, popping on the tape this morning. I'm like, all right, here's a guy who plays guard, he plays center. I think he can actually play pretty early. If you're Missouri, this makes sense, right? Double-digit wins on the season. You got to get these guys. You got to keep them home, especially if you want them. But how about this, Drew? The Buffs, they dropped to number 69 in the country, according to 24-7 Sports in the rankings. And they only have one offensive lineman. They are one of the worst offensive line units in the country especially when it comes to pass protection and that guy was isaiah walker if you haven't heard about him he's got a crazy story you can find out on 24 7 sports we touched on it on this show missouri up to number 40 but drew a lot to unpack here let's start with colorado i I mean the the sirens are kind of going off you only got one offensive lineman i know they're going to lean heavily on the portal but the portal is not an easy place to operate to go get your premium beef i'm a little concerned here I'm panicking if I'm a Colorado fan. And yes, they're going to work the junior colleges. They're going to work the transfer portal. Uh, That game this past weekend where Shadur gets banged up, I mean, I was watching on my couch. I think the starting right guard was Kareem Harden, who they took from the junior college ranks. I, I had a group of five grade on him. I thought he was a guy that could potentially get in the rotation at FIU or FAU. And he's out there starting in a Pac-12 game. I... My question is, what is Colorado going to do on the offensive line? Like, how do you repair this and how do you rebuild it? And I know, you know, there's likely going to be some staff changes there in Boulder. Uh, you know, wouldn't be some surprise if there's some moving parts. But I don't even know what the the short-term fix is here for the Buffs or the long-term fix. And, Coop, I, I got to read this off because I, I want to have it right Colorado, the 10 highest ranked players in the state for the 2024 cycle. That includes four offensive linemen, right? It's a tackle that's committed to USC, a tackle that's committed to Nebraska, uh, a guard committed to Nebraska, a a tackle committed to Purdue as well. Colorado doesn't have any of those guys committed. So what is the the plan for Prime? And and how are they going to rebuild this unit? Because, yes, in theory, you know, the veterans and the mercenaries – you know, the, the, those guys will help out. But, at, you know, Colorado started a freshman at one point at center this season. So, you know, I think they need a volume shoot there. And, and that's where the focus of the recruiting class needs to be. We're a month out, and it seems like they're neglecting that offensive line position. Yeah, I think you said it just there. I mean, it seems like neglect. Uh, I don't want to say uh, incompetency, but you build your offensive line typically organically through the high school lot, right? And, and the reason... 
I say that is, is because that is going to be your best chance to find developmental bodies. It seems like right now what's coming to a head is Deion Sanders wants to put Colorado in a microwave oven. He wants big bodies that are ready to play. The flip side of that is you are not the only team in that market. Everybody wants big bodies that are ready to play. You're going to have to be able to compete for those guys, not only from a traditional recruiting standpoint, but from an NIL standpoint as well. You're going to go up against teams like USC, like Florida, like Miami that are in that market. We've seen those guys have success this past year. That is a oversaturated market where tackle bodies will more than likely get overvalued for what they actually are. That is a really tough marketplace to try to coexist with some of the biggest teams and biggest uh, NIL collectives, quite frankly, across the country. So I agree with you. If if you are going to a long-term build in Colorado, I think the best way to do that is volume shoot. Like you said, at the high school level, that stat, talking about the top 10 players in the state of Colorado, four of them being offensive linemen and all of them going elsewhere to power five programs. That's a little bit of a head scratcher to me and definitely something to keep an eye on as well. But nonetheless, big win for Eli Drinkowitz, something to keep an eye out for Deion Sanders. All right, Drew, let's get through here as well. I'm going to read off a couple names and a a couple other uh, transactions that have happened here over the last week. Derek Mafal, three-star number 18 athlete in the country, decommits from UCLA. Missouri's in contact there as long as as well as Kansas State, SMU. Three-star running back Anthony Carey, the number 26 running back in the country. He decommits from Michigan State, South Carolina, NC State seem to be in the mix there as well. Hang with me now. Marcellus Barnes, number 48 corner out of the state of Tennessee, decommits from Vodtech. This guy's super traitsy kid, kind of in that Andre Evans conversation. Georgia seems to be the team to beat there. And then C.J. Hurd, another defensive back, number 77, safety, three-star, decommits from Florida State. It seems like the writing on the wall there maybe making room for Kai Bates, who decommitted from LSU. So a lot going on, especially in the secondary. But, Drew, your takeaways from those four names who look like they're going elsewhere at this point. Well, I loved the fit for Derek McCall at UCLA. That's kind of a a bummer there. And then you see the schools that are involved, right? Missouri, you just talked about it with Drinkwitz. I would love to see Derek McFall in that offense with the other guys that they got coming in. I, I think he'd have a chance to to eat right away. And I also think he could have success at Kansas State. Uh, they seem to take these individuals. Remember Joe Jackson last cycle? Um, just kind of playmakers uh, that, that can be a running back, but can also be a wide receiver. Anthony Carey, I know this is a guy that I've got a ton of exposure to over the years, and he's having a really good senior season there for Carrollwood Day. I believe they play in the playoffs on, on Black Friday in the in the second round. Big powerful runner. You know, I don't know about the true top end speed, but you you look at South Carolina. We mentioned he visit there. They also got Matthew Fuller already committed. I mean it's a committee game now when it comes to these running backs. And I think he could have success in the SEC. And then NC State, man, they always seem to find guys down in the Sunshine State, kind of late risers or, or, or running backs that are having good senior years. It was Kendrick Raphael last cycle. Could be Anthony Carey this year. And I agree with you on Marcellus Barnes, uh, Cooper. You know, it looks like he's trending to Georgia over six foot. Uh, ha- has some verified top end track speed. And what's crazy is him and Andre Evans worked out for the Bulldogs back in, I believe, early June. Same day, right? And, and both those guys were not on the commit list and and Georgia has slowly made their evaluations and and turned their attention to those two. uh, And it's pretty easy to see why. 
uh, contingency season, and I don't mean that as any disrespect, but if you look at Georgia, the job that they've been able to do going down their board, you mentioned that Andre Evans, a guy we certainly like. They flip him from LSU. Now Marcellus Barnes, they need another DB. They go to Virginia Tech. They got the hot hand, Drew. I think they've deserved that. They've won the last two uh, national championships. They haven't lost a game in, what, 27, 28? I don't even know where we are in the uh, in, in the win streak right now. So there you have it, decommitment season upon us, and a great time to remind you that signing day is upon us as well. December 20th, our team at 24-7 Sports will have the coverage coast-to-coast. We'll be in Nashville and in Fort Lauderdale, both of our teams, a lot to cover there. But before that, the transfer portal, Palooza, the December 4th, coverage starts at 10 o'clock on the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel. Chris Hummer and Matt Zinnitz have a day. That's going to be busy, Drew. A couple other names popping out there as well at this point. Tyler Shuck, grad transfer from Texas Tech. I'm sure he will be a hot commodity in the market. But it's also that time of year. I mentioned it last week where it's a little grim. If you're a coach right now, you got to be looking over your shoulder. Sam Pittman safe. Dino Babers not safe, Drew. Dino Babers gets fired at Syracuse 41 and 55 over the last eight years. The 2024 class, well, they rank 51. That might have something to do with it. Jamie Trimble, top 247 tight end, brother of Tommy Trimble, who plays with the Carolina Panthers. We're a fan of him. He's in that class, right? So you look down the line, 88th in 2023, 65th in 2022, 60th in 2021. It's not like Syracuse is this. Uh, I would say, gigantic mover of a program when it comes to the recruiting trail. But this is something that I think needs to be better, a little bit more established. You like to see uh, some more positive momentum there on the recruiting trail. And Drew, they've had some guys. Jahad Carter, he transferred to Ohio State. Tommy DeVito to Illinois. Um, A a couple more uh, after that. Deuce Chestnut as well. Steve Linton. And the list kind of goes on and on and on. We'll see what happens at Syracuse. Matt Zinnitz, Chris Hummer, Brandon Marcello are guys who have their ear to the ground when it comes to the coaching search. How about these names? Alex Atkins, Oyster Boys favorite, Florida State, Sharon Moore, friend of the show as well. Jason Candle, Bill O'Brien, Bob Chesney, Holy Cross head coach, if you're wondering who that is. Sean Lewis at Colorado, he's definitely looking for a way out over there in Boulder. Tony White, Al Golden, and Kyle Flood. So no shortage of names and possibilities and Syracuse, Drew, I know that is a lot to unpack. But, what, I mean, what are you even looking for if you're Syracuse right now and what's next for them? Well, let's talk about it from a recruiting angle, right? I think this is an extremely difficult job, right? I, just the talent level around you isn't great, and you need to figure out what the game plan is. And you rattled off all those guys they lost in the transfer portal. I mean, makes you wonder about what the NIL situation is at Syracuse. And obviously they have a strong basketball program and a huge alumni base, but you know, how aligned are they? So I, I think whoever comes in needs to, to establish a plan, right? State of New York averaging, I think it's about 2.2 NFL draft picks a year. So there's not a ton of guys there and there's really not a ton of power five players. And I think whoever comes in, is going to have to work maybe some of the junior college ranks. I think you need to get into Pennsylvania. You need to get into New Jersey. And then I think Syracuse needs to get back down into the state of Florida. They used to have a DB coach, Nick Monroe, who I believe now is at Minnesota. And man, he would go head to head with some of these schools that love to uh, patrol the sunshine state. And he would win some battles in Uh, Syracuse can develop players. They can put guys in the league, six draft picks over the past three years. So 
I think it's an extremely difficult job from a recruiting standpoint. So whoever comes in, right, lock down locally, explore the junior colleges, and then I would try to get into to Florida, you know, maybe Georgia, Alabama. I mean, Tommy Trimble's committed. Uh, he's the first guy you got to got to get to stay, and then and then maybe even potentially a state like Texas. Yeah, we'll see what happens with Syracuse. Dino Babers joining the likes of a couple of, that have fallen already. Michigan State open, Texas A&M open, Boise State open, Syracuse open. Like I said, Arkansas safe. Another year for Sam Pittman. <laughs> Guys, that about does it for the boys. For Andrew Ivins, I'm Cooper Patagna. We appreciate you joining us. We will not be here tomorrow, and that is because, well, it's Thanksgiving, and you should enjoy that with your family. Also, if you're still watching, make sure to smash that like button. Also, subscribe to the show wherever you find your podcasts as well. Apple, Spotify included, the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel. And sincerely from our family of the Oyster Boys and 24-7 Sports to yours, happy Thanksgiving. We'll see you next week. CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. Citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new survivor Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount Plus.